Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, hey, welcome back to part two. Um, this is probably the next day. Um, so you listened to part one yesterday, part two today. I think it's probably Tuesday. Um, and I'm still in Dean's garden, uh, which is pleasant. It's actually quite a nice garden. Um, I've slept under a hedge for... I actually got about 13 hours kip last night, which was nice. Anyway, I've been watching Dean come and go. Um, and what I do understand is that Dean started shooting for the NME, the New Musical Express, in 2001, which is good. Um, and I believe that the Verve's Richard Ashcroft was his first subject. Like I say, this is all just absolute guesswork from watching him go about his daily business through his kitchen, living room, dining room. I've not... Um, gone up a ladder and watched him come and go upstairs um, because I'd probably look into his bedroom and see him come and then see him go. Anyway, this is uh, episode two of Dean Chalkley. Enjoy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. On the um, with regards to the clubs and gigs, that um, that you, any other questions you actually? Yeah, I want to um, talk a little bit about um, the goldmine um, because that that scene of Soul, mm. um, I don't get. Mm. I like Northern, yep, and but which is weird because that should we call it Southern Soul? Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I should put it into context because when with the gold mine. Are you talking rave days? Yeah. Right. Okay. And so, so, so the gold mine, you know, was made absolutely famous by um, when Chris Hill did it, yep. and there was the whole sort of jazz and jazz, jazz funk, yep. and soul, yeah, movement, and and that as a club that was, you know, it's on Canvey Island, yeah. So it's in a re- remote place, generally like the pink, yep. like we're sitting in now, pink toothbrush. Um, so it was in. On Canvey, and people would come down from London Drive for miles and miles and miles just to go there. So it, that's where it's got its reputation from. Sure. But when I went there, was in the rave days yeah. and Soul to Soul and all that sort mm. of thing when yeah. they were sort of doing spots down there. So it was later, but it was still there and it was still really a, a brilliant club. I mean, I don't know if it's like it's still now, but when I went there last, because I do, it's a weird one, this. I bet you two do this as well. 
I bet everyone out there does it really to an extent. But I do like going to places that have the resonance of something that happened there before. Yeah, of course. And so with yeah. the gold mine, you're stand- I, I went there and it was a kind of a bit of a car park, or not not even a car park. It had been knocked down yep. a bit, and you could sort of see uh, where bits were of the probably where the dance floor was, bits and things mm. like this, you know. And it's a bit like ghost. Yeah, yeah, ghost, it's a fucking ghost hunting, isn't it? Memories, isn't it? And it's yeah, it's it's yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, exploring. But yeah, nice. I, I never went. I never went. Um, I remember there was a. Where did all my mates? My mates went there to watch Silver Bullet. I think. Oh yeah. Bring forth the guillotine. Yeah, yeah. They went to watch Silver Bullet at the gold mine, and I, I don't know oh. why I didn't go. But uh, I was probably. Going, no, I'm going to go watch Daisy Chainsaw up the toothbrush. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Dance nonsense. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, and it was, yeah, the, for, for me, like, the, um, Chris Hill's son, he's, he's one of our regular listeners. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 yeah, it's really weird living where, like, I'm, I'm from Grays, and, uh, and, and they do gold mine reunions at the Allsit Hall mm. venue, and, mm. and, and that whole scene, I, I, I just, I want to like it because it's so entrenched in Essex, mm. but I just don't get you it. Just well, well, so the first time I ever started to hear that sort of music yeah. would have been um, Snowboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Snowboy used to do a, a club night, and I think it was on a Sunday, at a wine bar in Milton Road called Scruples. Right. And... There was other things going on, um, sort of like Rettendon Way. I can't remember what it's called now. There's a pub down there. Yeah. Anyway, and so there'll, there'll be these 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 things going on, and the music was like Expansions by Lonnie Liston Smith, which is a tune. Yeah, it's a great great tune. But you know, so he was he was playing this sort of stuff, and you know, whether it was infused with jazz, and that's how yeah. I was picking up on it because I was by that time I, you know, with the mod thing, I'd sort of really gotten into jazz and um bebop though yeah and so but but what he was playing was probably more the kind of a fusion yeah sort of stuff um but yeah i mean i think i think all those things added together and so like with with chris hill and that i think that's they really got a big following though mm. didn't they when they when they would do their things i mean it really was people traveling miles yeah for that club um and i think you know the style of dancing and the the clothes that they wore um i mean i had a conversation about this actually with um adrian j who's uh he's a dj and you know he's a very not he's a man who, too what adrian i went away to dublin with him last week and eddie pillar and martin freeman um we went out there and yeah it was eddie and martin were doing this talk and um this we'll, is to we'll, do with the album like yeah the, the so jazz, on, jazz on the corner you do the photography for yeah gotcha, yeah right. yeah um and and so uh they were doing a talk at this uh, i have to say it was a brilliant um event that was out there it was a it was called vinyl and they'd got all these people to do talks you know like sort of interviews and and stuff and then uh, there was performances and stuff over three days it was great uh but and then we all dj'd afterwards but the point is that Adrian J has got like a photographic memory and he was talking about the gold mine and, and I was saying, oh, you know, do people used to wear jellies and stuff, you know, shoes. And he's like, yeah, well, that's a bit of a, 
you couldn't really dance in them very well so that only lasted for actually for a kind of about a month really you know and by that time you know everyone gave them up sort of thing so you know there's things like that but but the, what i'm saying is the the clothes that people wore at the, the, the gold mine and you know that that did in you know inspire people and even like the sex pistols and all that sort of stuff i mean they were going to um i think john lydon was going to the lacy lady that was playing all that sort of music really? you know they weren't they weren't they weren't punk, you know. When punk began, they weren't punk clubs. Yeah, you have to remember yeah, that's yeah. why Don oh, Letts, yeah. for example, Don Letts playing reggae yeah. to the punks because there are th yeah. not enough punk records to yeah, make a club yeah. no punk night, you know. So, um, so that's how it all happens. It's organic, isn't it? It's not like you you can't do something with the power of retrospect. Mm. You can't, you know. It's it's developing. Mm. At, isn't it's not chartered in any sort of way. It's just growing in its own sort of way. Well, what you said about sort of being a a mod uh, at that era. I know we had um, we had Mark Moore from S Express mm -hmm. on like when we first started, and and, and Mark said sort of growing up, sort of seventy seven and and being a, a punk, and you know he said you would because there wasn't that many of you. If you sort of ended up like going up to Liverpool to watch whatever band was playing, yeah, and you saw another punk on the bus, you'd go up and go, all right, gravitate yeah. towards yeah. because you know it was safety in numbers. <laughs> yes, completely, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, and I, and I almost feel that does that exist anymore? I think it. I think it does, but but not not strictly in the same way. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And you have to remember, any sub, any sort of um, underground scene is happening, and we don't know about it because exactly. it's underground by its mere definition. So yeah. it is happening, um, and it might take a different form as well. So it could be an online. I was going to say it might not yeah. be that physical contact because no. people sort of yeah yeah which 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 is you know is that but there's there are online subcultures now yeah if you used to think of like gaming and like even yeah. YouTube the YouTube generation there's yeah. cultures in that yeah, so, yeah. but it, it's it, it's that it's that filtering which is it's not as raw and it's not as uh, visceral in that way I suppose you could say uh, but um yeah but but then we. Around that around that period of the gold mine, though, we was, we started to go to raves and stuff because obviously in South South End's quite near the M25. Yeah, of course. Grays would be as well. Yeah. Um, whereabouts did you? I'm, I'm a Basildon boy. Basildon. There yeah. you go. Same thing. So it's that all those all those raves became totally accessible. And, oh mate. And we knew people who had the tickets. You know, it's, it's that thing. You know, it's not like. We didn't really have so the internet. So many people you knew were also then all of a sudden involved in pirate radio. Yeah, there was such a scene for great. Yeah. Like yeah. It was huge, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and the brush become a rave venue for about two years then. Oh, right. uh, yeah. okay. what we talk about Acid House style? Or uh, after it, that, it was kind of around the, the it was Genesis. Mm. Okay. And famously, when um, the gentleman come down that that, that owned Genesis, um, he walked in and. And spoke to Russell, the uh, the other promoter, and went, um, "I want to put Genesis on in here." And his answer was like, "You can fuck off bringing fucking Phil Collins in here, mate." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "No, mate." <laughs> and you didn't generally say no to the bloke that wanted to put Genesis on in here, but uh, but yeah, but we um, yeah we had a couple of years of uh, of, of yeah, it, 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 we embraced what was was going yeah. on at that point. And, uh, well, I can so uh, South Mims. To, to those who drive around and also yeah. uh, the M25 we'll just see it as a sort of service station but for us it was a point where we would go there and we'd wait in a car park and there was a telephone Jeez, there. Mate. and so 
bear in mind, people open their car doors, turn the stereo up. People are dancing on top of their cars sometimes or in, in the, just on the floor and just hanging around like loads of people just milling around. And then ding, phone rings. People pick up, right. And they all take just off and like a gigantic caterpillar snake or something. We, we go through the countryside. And I mean, I had a, at the time, I had a short wheelbase Land Rover. Uh, it went like shit off a shovel. It was really good, up to about 50 mile an hour. <laughs> and then it, you know, didn't go Plateaued. <laughs> yeah, but it drank kind of quite a lot of petrol because yeah. uh, it had a Capri engine in it, you know, V6 <laughs> Capri engine. And, um, but, but so we'd, you know, fill it up and then we'd just drive off following everybody else because we didn't know where we were going. And we'd drive around for hours. But then what you'd hear is... And then on the horizon, like close encounters of a third yeah. kind, the lasers... Wow, you know that is something else. When you're approaching something like yeah. that, it's like, is that like butterflies in your stomach, yeah, no, calm really, before the storm, because really. you, you know you're about to have a crazy one. And really, it's like this is massive. Yeah, and because also <clears> remember the sound bounces off the clouds, so you know sometimes when you get closer, it's not as loud as it is 20 miles away, and that's why there was one of the things like one time actually when we'd been up, I don't know to a club in London we, we got off the train at Rayleigh and there was this sort of massive sound people were getting their windows broken because it was bouncing off that sort of um, there was a rave like 20 That's miles crazy. away or whatever it was but anyway going back to these other ones I mean we went to Sunrise World Dance um, f- Fantasy or something like that I can't remember Fantasia Fantasia, Fantasia. Fantasia. That's yeah. it. yeah 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 and, and other ones that were like in film studios and stuff in London I don't even really know where they were those ones but the Sunrise one was epic. And there is stuff on YouTube about that. It's like, it was in a gigantic hangar. Yeah. Uh, just off of Santa Pod, essentially. You know, yeah. the, the raceway. Poddington. And, uh, wow, that was something else. I mean, really, it was incredible. And it, and it was en masse a, a, a phenomenon that was happening, you know, there at that time. Um, Unfortunately, so, the government weren't. Big on it, not so. They, they weren't no. so cool about it. They, <laughs> they brought in some acts. But, didn't but the they? kind of way they they sort of disposed of it was by legalising it in a way. Yeah, you know, because that took all the fun out of it, really. Yeah, in many ways. It was like the that. beginning, I guess, of the super club, really, wasn't it? Yeah, um, ministry and that. You know, that's where they yeah. brought it inside, didn't they? And but then, you know, consequently, when I started to do stuff for Mixmag, they had a new editor. Uh, I, I worked for the original Don Phillips, uh, the original editor, but then. They, they swapped it over and a guy called Neil Stevenson came in as the editor of Mixmag and uh, he asked if I'd go to uh, Ibiza and go just for, for 10 days to go out there and just get as much as you can. And so then I started to go to places like Manumission and Esparadie and stuff. But Back in their heyday. Yeah. yeah. And do and you know what? what? Leading up to going out there, I was thinking... Yeah, you know, it's probably you know maybe it was good in '88, but is it going to be a good any good in mm. like a decade later? And I got there, and I was like, it's amazing, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. This is the biggest nightclub in the world, ten thousand people, Shoot. and it's all going mad around me. You know, you've got people blowing fire and all manner of things going. Mike and Claire doing you know things on stage. Yeah, it's like blowing morning. more than fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then really. I mean, I went out there with a journalist, you know what? And after the first day or so, I never saw him ever again. He just disappeared. And <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Even now? You just, I've never, never seen him since then. <laughs> Literally. Please. And so, and the editor came out, Neil came out, <laughs> and he was like, 
yeah, I know. I don't know. You know, I think he's you know lost it a bit or whatever. And um, he said, <laughs> and they said, but you seem to be getting on all right. So yeah. do you want to stay for longer? Right. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I just carried on. But the thing is, in Ibiza, there is no time to turn off mm. because it's always something yeah. going on. And sure. it is a fantasy island. It is it like is. going to literally that that. Anything is possible. There. It's a bubble, and it's it's a bit. It's got soul in Ibiza because I've been. To, I've done lads, kind of lads' holidays before going out there. And once I got out there, and I was a big fan of dance music anyway. But there was another. There's there's a vibe to it, a soul to it, and yeah, um, yeah you can get lost in that. Yeah. You know. But the way they've evolved that as well is is there's something for everyone there. You can have all manner of experiences there. You can have the. Mm. Some people I've met, they're like, yeah, I've had the, you know, I've gone to a beef, it's mad, you know, we went to karaoke bars all night, it was amazing. You go, well, that is, one, yeah. that is one San Antonio yeah, moment yeah. you've got there, yeah. which is fair enough. But then other people have gone to, like, Caliondao, and, I mean, one time I went with my girlfriend, and it was like Cape Fear. We felt <laughs> sorry for the guy. Basically, we went there as a holiday, and we we encountered this guy on the the beach and he seemed like a nice bloke and every time we'd go there we'd talk to him and yeah. we seemed like we had a lot in common and he was stuck on the beach you know he he was and then we thought right let's um let's take you into town it's our last sure. night we'll take you into town and uh we'll have a nice night we'll yeah. take you to a restaurant you know and he's like oh that's amazing and half so we took him to san antonio and halfway through the meal he then started to tell us that he had actually been found sort of running around naked and stuff like this yeah. and, and then I, it did feel like start to at that moment it's like oh my god and who so, have we let into yeah. the fold so it's a bit like oh gosh this is um this is a bit dangerous now and we delivered him delivered him back but you know just thought god you know this is a, a, a close shave close actually. shave yeah <laughs> again <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no coming back to that <laughs> Dean Chalkley's top five close shaves <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sponsored by Harry's Mazers <laughs> um, well look before we we get on to the next we've got three to go yeah should we have a, a, a quick wee, wee and, uh, break, and a top yeah. up of drinks yeah Very I nice. think that's yeah? a great do you want to pause it for a second? yeah yeah for sure right so what's three final hello one? so we are back Sorry, I was just Refreshed. chatting away already, wasn't I? Just, yeah, just, just yeah. in um, Dean's notes. <laughs> never had to check someone's <laughs> no, notes yeah, before. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, this is um, So we've we've just had a, a wee and topped up the drinks, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we're back in the game for your number three. Uh, number number three, <laughs> yeah. final vulture. Yeah. Well, I mean, since since when I was at school. Um, I, you know, I've collected records and, yep. and it started off as no particular knowledge of the direction that I even really mm. wanted to go. And, you know, it's bits and oh, I like this, I like that, like everyone does, you know, like that, oh, I like that, like that, like that. And and then I started to hone it in a bit more. But then I did used to go to markets, you know, South End Market being the, the and then at that time, it's impossible to comprehend a lot of this, but car boot sales didn't exist once. They only started probably, I suppose, in, I suppose it would have been in the eighties. You know, I, I reckon about eighty-seven. Yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think it would have, and it's like it was a phenomenon. And, and so, you, but you would go to these things, and it was not like dealers as such. You know, sometimes you you get car boot sales that's just stacked out of dealers nowadays, you know, people selling sort of dodgy yep. tea towels and stuff like that. Um, but, but a lot of these were just people emptying out their attics and yeah. stuff. And so you would um, really, 
get some good bargains. I mean, the the biggest one, most regretful that I didn't have enough money at the time, but me and a good friend of mine who owns a shop, Carmel Records actually owns, yep. uh, a guy called Paul Despy. Um, Is that the guy that looks quite a lot like Trigger? Yes, yep. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I didn't. I didn't say it, Paul. <laughs> it was him. It wasn't me. But I'm going to say Carmel Records again just to make up for it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and so so we had been to a couple of car boot sales previous to this one. We went to the we got to the Essex Showground and there was one there, and we we got there, and there was this bloke and he had a couple of paste tables, like absolutely full up with record boxes that had they were all demos you know, all sort of 60s demos and like of wow. London, London uh, records and stuff. And so I got, I mean, I only had 12 quid with me and I don't know how much Paul had, but we tried to ask the guy, oh, you know, can, can we have your number? And the guy wouldn't give it to us. And it was coming to the end of the car boot. So we only had that amount of money anyway. Because you wanted to basically tap him up for the rest of it. I would love to have gone around yeah, to his place. Yeah, yeah. Just literally, I mean, I didn't have that much money at the time anyway, but... It, it, Everything on there. I mean, I got things like. Was he was he aware of the value of it? I don't know because I got quite a few records for that twelve quid. So I think he was trying to move them on. You know, yeah. um, they might have been like a pound each or two fifty each or something. But I got um, Blue Beat by the Beezers, which is a, a very collectible record. Uh, Jamaica Scar by the Scar Kings, original. You know, Yellow demo. They were all Crazy. they were lovely records and just but if we could have just had that whole collection that would have been it. Maybe it was it maybe he was selling it as a clearance or something, I don't know. But um but that's the sort of thing you could find. forty percent of my rental collection is from I reckon eighty seven to ninety one, every Sunday morning, Mike Wayne, give me a bib, about seven AM and we go up to Raynham or wherever we was going, we do the rounds. Boots out. How how just, exciting! Just buying vinyl. Yeah, that was it. I, I had I, I didn't. Mine wasn't uh, uh, car boot sales. I, I guess what my vinyl collection started with drum and bass. That's what you know. That's what I, my first sort of passion when it came to DJing. So I didn't really have that. I had like all the white label stuff, which was exciting to get that from your from your local uh, DJ uh, supplier. But yeah, I never had the excitement of finding the car boot sales, and you know, you, you come across that one, you're like. Bloody hell, I only want a pound for this. Yeah. Did you ever venture to Grey's to Brickhouse <clears throat> Records? No, I never. No, I never got there. Hey, that was, was that a good was one? quite something. That was that was there for years and years and years and years. Not even in Grey's Town Centre, just literally on the end of a road of houses. And there was right. just this. You couldn't get in. There's one picture on the internet of it. It was one of the ones where literally you couldn't even get in the door. There was just stacks of just vinyl everywhere. Cool. You could basically see the guy's head wow. behind the counter. And uh, and he had a he had a nice sound system in now, and he only used to open Saturdays. Right, that's ridiculous. And, and you'd all what go cool down shot. now, and and at the time, we was kind of uh, I've just seen a few names on there, but it, you know we we'd started to find out about Frankie Beverly and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, and, yeah. and Lonnie Liston Smith, Roy Ayers, and things like that, and and there was all this stuff coming out, and he'd be like, oh, hey, I have a, and I'd be like, oh, what's that? Here, just give it here, and he'd put it on, and it sounded incredible. 
and I'd be like, and I must have been like, knowing in human traffic when he puts it on, and like, knowing yeah, jungling guy about to sell like yeah. X amount of copies of this EP, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and he puts yeah, it on, yeah, and, yeah. and it just sounded incredible. And I was like, how much is that worth on input, mate? And I was like, oh, I need it, and I, I'd give him whatever, and I'd get it and put it on my Seychelles stereo, and it sounded fucking <laughs> flat. <dreadful. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> week in, week out, I'd go in and get caught in the moment. Of, totally like, disappointed. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I, I used to do that, but you learn quite quickly. When I used to say that when I really started getting into it and I'd be like, I'd get a pile of vinyl and then I'd be like, right, these all my, this, is my, this is my first cut of the day mm. and I'd pick like 10, 10 records from that, from that shop. I'd be like, I'm only allowed to leave here with four. Mm. and it'd just be constant like right because because i used to get burned like that i'd end up going home and then i'd have like all these records and then some i'd just be well fuck me mate that just cost me like five quid yeah. i've never played it out i've never yeah. so then i got more and more strict to the point of it's almost like list making like we we're saying mm. it's that addiction of right okay i've got to be much stricter now what record can i not leave this shop without and what one will i not remember yeah. in you know however long yeah so much fun like that that whole obsession with vinyl it, it does feel nice it's tacit it's tangible it's nice to put it on a you know put it on your you know get the needle on it and playing it's, through it's it it's the best yeah it's yeah. the best yeah. and it's so cool it's, it's, it's you know, still up there the 1210s but and, and they're yeah. still plugged in and ready to go but unfortunately they just don't get used yeah, to it yeah. it's a bit more of a, like the shopping resurgence has happened people are really yeah. buy, buying it again so that's a, that's great there was no, I was in Rough Trade yesterday and there was no shortage, shortage. of people in there that's bloody yeah. brilliant but there was a there was a record shop in in Romford, at the top of the high street, up by the cellar bar, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but you could go downstairs and uh, and it just had like loads and loads of seven inches, and it, they were all like something like just fifty p boxes, and you go through them. For me, I'd go and I'd be desperately searching for like Depeche Mode records and lots yeah. of old eighties yeah. stuff that I liked, and like, but they used to do these things where they'd like wrap them up in like a brown paper bag and sellotape it up, and it was like ten in there, and it was like lucky bag. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like a lucky mix like a 20p I mean, lucky mix full of shit generally yeah, yeah, yeah. every now and again you'd be like I'll give them a spin I'll play the, flip it over and play the B side and like you know you never know what you're going to it was just that 
your last quid or whatever, you'd be like, oh, I'll, have, I'll have a lucky bag as well, yeah. just on the way out. Well, you know, uh, so there's a guy called Rob Messer, mm-hmm. who... Where do I know that name from? Well, he the thing I was DJing at last night, he and Aaron organised that uh, called Almost Grown. And That's right, yeah, from yeah, they, they do it down. You know, it's been going for years, isn't it? Mm. Now, ain't long, it? long time. Yeah, long time. Where's that? Where's it? Well, last so last yesterday was part of their weekender. So yeah. that happens in sort of three different locations. But Saks is the, the ah, consistent okay. place right. that they do it at. Um, but he owns his own record shop called um, Hip City Records oh. in Battles Bridge. And he does that still. So he he's got these, and it, they go really That's well. Wicked. People come in, and I think for, I think it's a, a fiver or maybe, and you get ten records, and they're wrapped up in a bit of old wrapping paper yeah. with a bow around it, and and but people who are not necessarily that discerning, but they just want to buy a bit of vinyl or yeah. present or something. They don't really know what to buy their nephew or something, yeah. and they'll just go for it, and and they they they're doing really well, you know, sell so, so, so really well. Do you ever remember that record shop called Soul Man Records? Yeah. And so that that was coming back to that notion of curating, you know, so you you, you know, you're talking about shaving sure. your options down and, and what Paul Despy does and what Rob does, what they what all great record shops do, you've got someone someone there who can say they can tap into what you like. Mm. You know, okay, so have you heard this? You know, and they they put it on or give it to you. There's a another record shop I go to is called Allen's Records in East Finchley. Brilliant record shop. Um, but all of the people, all of them do this. Gavin Page, same same thing. They'll go have a listen to this, and what they're doing is they're just bringing something out, and it, and it comes back to the whole notion of there's so much information out there. There's so many records in their record shop, but they can extract something edit it down and present it to you and that, and you're going to go wow that's great and that's what unfortunately you know we're losing magazines now that is mm. one of the things that is disappointing that people still do need to be guided to a degree because there's so much information out there yeah but um, i think what you know. you've just applied uh, what you just described then as 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 selling records which is like you know Knowing your customer and fi- you know whittling down to something that's going to deliver—that's mm. DJing. Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. look at your crowd and like you know you can you can see what people are into. By the way, they look a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and you can work it out. And and you know, yeah, for me, definitely in the sort of throughout the sort of late eighties, early nineties, in here, you, you could again it was the time of the band T-shirts. So it was mm-hmm. quite easy to yeah. read, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but you know you. you you do. You, you can then work out that if they like that, you think, right, okay, well, I'll give them a bit of that because I know they like that. So, and it's, you know, I, yeah. I do think that's that's the same. And you were saying about the um, the, the, the passing lots of publications. You long time worked for the enemy, yeah. which is recently. Yeah. That's right. Um, well, well, the printed edition has, has gone. Yeah, yeah. But I think I've come to a conclusion about um, this, and people get very, very passionate about the enemy. And a lot of people really hated it at the end. You know, the ones that pe- people that liked it, perhaps in the eighties or nineties, um, mm-hmm. even they, they they didn't like the way that it had gone towards the end. But then people got old. Exactly, and you see the difference is this, and and I understand that people get passionate about what what they love, but so magazine certain magazines grow older with their readership, and so they'll keep on the same bands, and then they'll explain about those bands as they're getting older and the things that they're getting up to and so on and so forth like that. Whereas what the NME did, does, or did, you know, it still does because mm. it's online still, you've got to remember that. And things I think are going to 
develop in that sense. But what it does, what it does is offers like it's like a shaft of light that falls between the age of perhaps 14 and 21 mm -hmm. primarily and through which people pass rather than it growing older with the readership yep. and so thinking about that you know people who when when the cure were out and blur and oasis especially um when they when the people were in that light that ray of light at that time and they pass through, then that they, they themselves are not going to be interested in the bands that come later. But that's not to deny the younger generation. It is called the, the New Musical Express, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so, and that's not to diminish the importance of any yeah. any of the bands, but it's just to say they're trying to shine a light in it. And when people start, mm. it does annoy me to, when people start going, oh, you know, it, it died years ago. It's like, but what we are going to say now is like, just look at the cover and look who's on the cover and look at the diversity that it represented, the printed edition, at the towards leading up to the end. You're getting a much more diverse picture of, mm. and that's fair and that's got to be good because decades ago that wouldn't have happened. Mm. You know, it was much more limited in mm. who, who, who was on the cover and stuff. I think when Public Enemy were on the cover, it was um, a big deal. Mm. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. You know, in a, not not in the world that we live. So, um, so I, I get people's, uh, you know, everyone's entitled to their view. And for my, for my view is, it's like quantum mechanics a little bit. It's, it's small, but significant. But ultimately, it's all good. Because music is lovely to start off with. That's great. Let's just say that all music is great. And then we do tend to sort of drift down a plug hole of, um, we're, we exclusively are right about everything because this is what we like. Mm. You know, that's the nature of things, isn't it? You know, it becomes very focused and everyone's like, right, unless it's, you know, Knights of Reb. <laughs> and not all the Knights of Reb stuff. It's got to be the 1989 yeah. Knights of Reb. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> that piece of artwork behind your head there is inspired by a Knights of Reb and was painted in 1989. There you go. <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> slagging it off when I came in, didn't I? Yeah. I mean, what a great band, though, to be what fair. What a great band. And, and I, I referenced them quite a lot <laughs> yeah. in the podcast yeah. the other day. Um, we, we made a documentary about The Brush. Um, uh, the guy that makes a lot of videos for Screw Pip, um, Tom Coles, come down and we, we made a, a, a documentary on our 30th anniversary. And, uh, and we had one on its red um, chatting about it wow. and, uh, and, and, and come to The Brush. So, so was it uh, Douglas or Bond? No, it was the guy. That, the, the drummer? Uh, yeah. Bond, uh, I think his name was. was no, it wasn't no? Bond. It was, oh, God. What's his name? Kill me now. Oh, you put me on the spot. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, it was the guy that was on for the first two albums oh, that, okay. um, yeah. that didn't go on when it went into oh, the, the, yeah. the kind of later stages. Um, but uh, did, you, did you ever see him here? I didn't. I don't yeah. think so. Um, I, I, saw, I saw them when it had gone kind of post sort of the, 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 the fun to be had and joining the chant kind of stuff and it had... Like Ebhead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that had an interest. Because I, I often say there was... I'm, I don't mean to just talk about this place, but it's hard to not reference it when we're talking about yeah. the bands that we're talking about while we're sitting here. But when I say when I first ever came in here, yeah, the first track I ever heard was Groovy and Mr. Blow. Uh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Which I think is a cracker. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and then... 
there, it was just the difference at, at that point. There was lots of Morrissey clones. There was lots of Robert Smith wannabes. But then <laughs> there was the whole Popular Eat Yourself Wonder stuff, yeah, Carter thing, yeah. the Grebo kind of scene. Yeah. So there was lots of baggy shorts and dreads and family cat, half haircut, sort of all thing. of that. The Jim yeah. Bob, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of that. Um, and uh, but then there was because for me, I'd. I'd I'd really got into electronic stuff then. I'd found yeah. new records and, and it, yeah. w- it opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. And I loved that much, not too dissimilar to what I've got now, that shaved, yeah. almost little quiff, yeah. that kind of thing that yeah. Dave Garnad yeah. and, you know, and, and, and I suppose at that point Andy Bell and and uh, and, and and the Nitzer Ebb boys. And, and it was that, for me, it's really weird. When I listen to Nitzer Ebb now, it sounds dated because of technology and drum sounds of of of, of now. Na- na- yeah. You know, it, it doesn't sound for me when I first heard that pre Nine Inch Nails it was the most aggressive thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was so angry. You had your front two four twos and and and, and stuff like that. And, all that and like yeah, yeah. But yeah. fucking hell, like well, it, was, it was in here when I first heard joining the chant, and I was oh, yeah. like, fuck me, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And yeah. it's. Uh, that kind of early industrial scene of, 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 of that, what was going yeah. on. But I remember being at that, seeing uh, Nitzreb, Nitzreb, however you want to pronounce it. And the dancing at that gig was quite, it felt there was some bubblings of right wing stuff at some oh, of these yeah. gigs. It yeah. was super aggressive. Yeah. And some of the dance moves, the band weren't part of this. No, no, no. But the, there was lots of bomber <laughs> jackets and there right. was zig holes in the dance oh, right. moves. And it was, yeah. like, I remember thinking, Maybe I misread it at the time, but I remember thinking, "Fucking hell, yeah. this is this is aggressive here." Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, intense. Well, I think because they they were obviously, I mean, that sort of thing then led me into sort of the acid house yeah. thing actually, because of Belgium New Beat. Yeah, you know, it was all because I think they appeared on a, a Belgium New Beat album. Okay, one of their tracks, and it was all, which then was also Balearic as well. So mm. some of that stuff was being played out in. Ibiza as well, wasn't it? So it was all yep. kind of crossing over, even though it was different, uh, technically different scenes yeah. happening. But I know what you mean. I, I think, I mean, Front 242 certainly got caught up in that, Yeah. you know, whether it was them cultivating that or not quelling that. Yeah. You know, cool. sometimes to say nothing is yeah. like, who knows? But, um, but that Headhunter track, for example, is a great track. Darren, who said to say hello, by the way, the other DJ oh, from here. He's uh, how, I mean, he's been DJing. Let's, how long has Darren been DJing here, though, for? Because we called him, you know, he is the... Everyone the, knows him, doesn't the DJ. Every, yeah, yeah, everyone he knows is, the brush DJ, Darren. Yeah, I mean, Darren. That beanie hat. Dal's, um, God. I've been here 27 years. Dal's been here probably 31 32. Unbelievable. Fucking yeah. hell. What a lovely man as well. <coughs> yeah. he's a, Still he's doing a, his tree surgery yep, and stuff? Yep, so, yeah, yep, yep. He's, uh, he's lovely, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's my best pal here. And, uh, yeah, and he, he played head on a Friday night. Ah, uh, <laughs> did he go down? Uh, early doors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not that brave. Hopefully, <laughs> 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 no, uh, no, Zeke Harlan. No, right there was none of that. There was none of that. It's your right wing crowd, eight till nine, and then you get a man. <laughs> yeah. you, so, so, so you've got you've got a list of uh, uh, tunes here. Oh yeah. Thing. Well, that's right. Is, there, is there any any you you want to sort of you know the, these yeah. any, any your special ones that you you're let's particularly let's, proud of picking up? Because I've got such a bad memory, I thought I'd better write. Well, that that Robert Thomas one, Salvation, yeah. is is my current most favourite right. tune, and I I got I just I I just love that record. Um, <laughs> It's in that box. It's got what? a yellow sleeve. It's got a yellow 
sort of um, you know whatever what we'll it's labelled, yeah. which we do for a lot of our guests to talk about music. Yeah, is how many of these are going to be on Spotify? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we put together a Spotify playlist as oh, well, great. and so yeah. when we release this, we also say here's the link, and if you want to yeah. go and listen to any of the songs that. Um, yeah, we, we talk about them. Yeah. So yeah, keep yeah. If we can, sure yeah, yeah. See so if we can get yeah. them on there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Frankie Beverly is is all time classic. Uh, Cole Carlton was on one of. I can the, feel it. There was this uh, album which was, um, uh, I think, Floor Shakers. I think it was. Uh, it was a Ke- a Kent album, and that introduced so many people to soul music, and consequently, like Northern, you know, what's termed as Northern soul. I mean, that is a, t- bear in mind, that is a term. It's not actually a, mm-hmm. a genre, yeah. really. You know, it's just what is an umbrella term to to soul music of a certain sort. Um, but yeah, so that was on there. I mean, yeah, oh, it'd be great if you can put a playlist together because these are all great records. I, mean, I haven't heard a lot of these, so I'm really mm. excited. Yeah, I mean, the, the last three are... Um, so there's one by the Salem Travellers, which sounds like pretty mystical, um, but that's a really sort of gospelized version of Wade in the Water. Which, so I listened to a radio station called WFMU. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. No. no. So, I mean, hopefully reciprocally, they should talk about your radio show because <laughs> I'm just I'm going to give them a big up because because it's a it's in New Jersey. Um, and it's a, a radio station that's run by volunteers, but the, the the quality of music and the shows that they have on there are exceptional. Um, really great stuff. Two in particular, Mr. Fine Wine, and nice. and it's all archived. So you've got 15 years worth of one-hour shows. Wow. Uh, and he's he specialises in soul music and R, you know, soul, but that can be R and B, etc. And another guy called Dwayne Train. And now I imagine Dwayne Train being on roller skates, you know, <laughs> uh, tight trousers, tight pants. Um, but he's got a brilliant, you know, they're both both of those people actually have got a great delivery. But but Dwayne Train is he's got a sweatband on his head. He's definitely got a sweatband, and, he, and it can go anything from. And I tell you what, you would freak out when you listen to it because he plays. It can be a bit of gospel. It can be. Um, uh, it can be disco, Studio 54 style, but uh, but it can be electronic, acid house, massive squelch, 808 no craziness. And it's just a... So often, because often I work really late, like uh, into the morning late. Um, and I have that on and that's what kind of keeps me sane, yeah. these sort of things. And and also there's another guy on there called uh, Clay Pigeon. So when, in the daytime, if <laughs> I'm listening to it... names are incredible. I know. Yeah, so good. If, you, if I'm listening to it, it's obviously, they're, they're super early in the morning is our midday sort yeah. of thing. And, uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful um, station. So, um, but reciprocally... WFMU. That you should contact them yeah. and play them this back and they should mention you as well. Let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> Set it up, Clay Pigeon. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about Dwayne this. Actually. I was thinking about the, the the notion of a playlist and what it is. And the first one of the first playlists I ever had was when my next door neighbour went to Peru. This was this was back in like the this would have been actually about like 1977 or something like that, 78 or something. And he was a guy who was very sort of forward thinking. Who goes to Peru in 1977? I know he was. He, is it like living on sort of 50p a day sort of thing? You know and. Uh, he's the same guy who found a, a a chicken in a petrol station in Deptford and brought it back and he called it Nicodemus and it turned out to be a fighting cock because it killed all the other chickens that he had really? in the back garden. Anyway, 
that's another story. But, <laughs> but, but that's, that's too long. I'm digressing. Okay. But the point is that he went away to Peru and he left me uh, all of his records to listen through while he was away. And I'm so glad he did because there were things in there like The Doors, Leonard Cohen. Uh, there was some Pink Floyd stuff, but not much. But there was one called uh, Linguistic Leprosy by Lady Junes, which is the most psychedelic album of all time. So check that out, wow. everybody. That is really far out. If you like poetry and if you like Robert Wyatt, because he was sort of involved in and, um Oh, who's the other guy from Soft Machine? Kevin Ayers. Mm -hmm. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Ayers is involved in this album. I think he plays on it. Um, linguistic leprosy. But all this sort of stuff really expanded my mind in music and taste at that time. Because you know, listening to the end before, I'd never seen Apocalypse Now at that time mm. or anything. You know, So um, it all sort of... Yeah, that was the first playlist, but it was a physical one. It was like yeah. a stack yeah. of records that were in my middle of my bedroom floor. That, yeah. Uh, that's pretty magical. And you, you could create your, curate your own sort of playlists as well with, with your sevens when you had the, I don't know what you call it, the, the, the thing that you used to put in the middle of the deck and you yeah, could stack up yeah. your sevens. Oh, yeah. And they'd play and then the next one would drop down. Yeah. Like, oh, it was great. I mean, like, that knackered so many records. Of course, yeah. Like Absolutely. And they were like spinning around. Yeah. Like, you get like 10 records on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the records now that, you know, I bought one the other day from the Classic Car Boot Sale. Have you ever been to no, that? No, no. It's... It's um, it happens. The next one's in August. A great uh, weekend. It's it's sort of uh, run by the Hemingways, Hemingway Design, and they get classic cars and people who want to sell vintage stuff and pair them up. And it's it takes place oh, wow. at, at King's Cross. Hemingway is in uh, Hemingway Design. Wayne Hemingway. Right. Yeah. He's Ger a, he's Ger a big Northern fan, isn't he? Yeah. 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 And, and Geraldine and and the kids as well. So there's um, you know, Corrie, Tilly, and Jack. They're all involved in it and. Um, but anyway, put it this way, it's really great to go and, and visit. And it's not like expensive. Now, people are just selling stuff. Um, and my girlfriend did a stall there. And so I drove her down there, so I had a little mooch around. And I, and I found some really great records there. But they were scratched. To, one of them was scratched to death, but I still had to buy it anyway. Because mm. it was by The Action, a band called The Action. Yeah, 69. I'll Keep Holding On, which is a mm. fantastic record. And, and it plays out all right anyway. That, that mod band? Yeah. 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 One of the best mm. you know really uh, you know there would have been the creation the action mm -hmm. the small faces as well mm -hmm. you know um and the who and etc and the fleur-de-lis for for example but the action were really incredible and uh, their version of i'll keep holding on you should you should put that on a playlist because it's okay it's an absolute monster yeah we haven't got it we'll have to make a note of that won't we we'll and it was I'm, I'm i'm no expert on northern soul but um it was your film you made was the first time I heard Curtis Lee. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Then he drops it in the ah, in the show. Yes. Is yes. Curtis Lee? Yeah. 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 Is she in, in your town? Yeah. 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 And uh, that gets a little blasting down in a. So it's a classic. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a, that's a great record, and um, um, it's an energising record. Mm. Anyone, you don't have to be into Northern Soul yeah. or anything to appreciate that record. You put yeah. it on, and people just get it. Yeah, um, and that's what we like, and so that's why, um, you know, doing certain certain things that, that are sort of more scene based, you know, you, you might take a slight a slightly different set of records to, but but if you're doing something which is, um, in a general sense, you're going to a place, you know, it's going to be people who are just 
come in there that it's not necessarily anything you can take that record yeah, you can play that across, you know, across the board. You're going to get all sorts dancing to yeah. it, basically. I will be taking that to Red Rooster Festival. You know that one? No. You've Where's got, that? Well, you two blokes, you've got to be there, man. Where's it's that? So it's in Suffolk. Nice. And that band, uh, Daddy Longlegs, are playing this year from New York, who are, who are fixated actually with Doctor Feelgood. They love them. In fact, they made a <laughs> pilgrimage to Canvey. Uh, Daddy Longlegs are amazing to see they have they are very a uh, bit like jack white in so far as they'll they'll be giving it the sort of like a preacher kind of style but the the lead singer does a thing where he plays a guitar he does a thing on his own just him on the stage plays a guitar sings and plays a harmonica shoved in his mouth all at the same time but you know playing the harmonica singing and guitar and he makes everyone sit down and it's not like james sit yeah. down uh, everyone's sitting down it's really great, and they're going to be at Red Rooster this year, and that is a fantastic festival, brilliant festival. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That but sounds also pretty nice. You have a club night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for the last, uh, I think it's for the last two years now, we've been doing a thing called Soulbox, um, and it's it started off with Old Street Records were opening up, and they asked if I'd. DJ at their um, opening party and I said I'd like to do it with Eddie Pillar from um, Acid Jazz Records yep. but also got a, oh, I don't know if he still does it but yeah the Modcast the Modcast phenomenal that's right podcast. that's right and they do uh, p- uh, boat parties, boat parties as well yeah, yeah. and um, and they do it sort of like a Modcast in dry dock as well they do something at the Singer Tavern sort of regularly um, but and so they they agreed that we could do it together and they liked it so much they said do you want to do a, a monthly uh, club here and we thought it was a good idea and so we we programmed it in such a way that it's on two floors and so we asked Irena and um, a girl called Sam at the time they were called Smoking Guns but now they've sort of slightly separated because Sam's moved um, to America but so we've got Irena in on board uh, and Sam to do upstairs and Eddie and me downstairs, and then we kind of get a, a whole bunch of other DJs as well on the night. Um, and it's it's really, really good. It's very, very busy, you know. But people who come down, not necessarily into the music, they don't maybe even know that form of music. Sometimes mm. we get people coming up saying, what is this music? I've never heard, because never heard it. I've got to be honest, when I, when I see, um, you know, we, we as, as promoters, we, we do lots of stuff, you know, literally up the road. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's, it's great. In a time when I was in, I was in Shoreditch yesterday, um, and I've seen it change a lot. And yesterday, it was quite strange. I, I was walking through there in the day, and I must have walked past, and I'm not exaggerating, I reckon maybe five hen parties and probably ten stag parties. Right. And and it was just a, a little bit like wow, this is this is a bit strange. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm all for people going out and enjoying themselves. Yeah, you know, and and I don't feel that like you know it's it should all be about the art. Sure, no, but it's an observation of how places of, move of, and of vibes moved. change. And, and and from putting events on there over however many years, and and we're lucky at the book club with with, with Pip that we still play what we think is mm. just good music. Mm. It's, not, it's not genre specific. Mm-hmm. It's just what we think is good music. 
like you said about Curtis Lee, it hasn't got to be in a northern club. It's a good song. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know that people's hips are going to move. Yeah. And then the whole branding of Old Street Records, I love. I just think it... Uh, uh, and when I see that you and Eddie were doing something there, I just think, that's fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> the, the, you, there's something in, in, in a town... Or, or, yeah, in, 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 that he's becoming... A lot of people from where where we are now, Essex, are starting to go for, mm. you know, a Shoreditch experience, yep. you know, for one... And, and, I'm, and I'm not being a snob here, I'm really yeah, yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, there's there's lots of you know people going. I don't know how to phrase this correctly. That that probably aren't going to these clubs to hear something different. They probably a lot of people will come straight into the book club and go. Got any, are you playing any ass music? And it's like, well, we, we, we may, mm. but you know, it's not specifically. They want it played right oh. then and there. And uh, <coughs> you know, you're going to play Beyonce. Mm. Well, probably not. Uh, you know, and, 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 <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I just think it, it. I think it's really important that that venues in that area still consistently try new stuff and retain integrity and yeah. and, and 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 push it a little bit rather than it start to become. Yeah, you where's know. yours and Eddie's? Like, is it the Bussy Building? Is that where it is? Where no, no, no. It's a, it's an old it's street. Old street, sorry. But okay. it's literally but opposite three, three, three. Yeah, oh, right, and they've expanded okay. it because they bought the sandwich shop next door, mm. so it's it's now got e- even bigger. But but it's a funny one because when we started it off, we we thought right R and B, northern funk, you know, things like this. That's what that's what our policy is. But then we th- we kind of changed it a little bit, and we, for ourselves because we we were feeling like. We want to explore new stuff mm. and bring stuff in. You know, what is soul? You know, what is soul to us? We're, the, we're in the driving seat, so we're playing the records. What is soul? And so, and we, there was one night when Neil Barker, who's a, a friend of mine, he was DJing with us, and he put a few tunes on it. It's like, yeah, that's interesting. What he's done there is great as well. You know, he sort of, pushed it out a little bit further and so we carried on and pushed it out further and further and and so we often have Richo Suzuki come down to DJ who's a brilliant I mean he's got all the skills man we you know we don't do do too much yeah what we we focus on is the selection side but but um but Richio is also he's he understands where we're coming from and so and we've got lots of younger people DJing there as well so there's Ned, who is uh, Ned Stacks, who is Eddie's son. Uh, a guy called Dom Williams, a Noble and Heath, two girls that are brilliant. I mean, they're really doing so much stuff. The disco freaks, you know, those guys come down, and they're all young people getting into it. This is really important because otherwise, if you're just playing to older and older and older yeah. people, that's also fine. But it does need young people to keep it alive. Otherwise, that's where it stops. Mm. And but but musically. We have gone expansion, 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 and so now I've been adding things into my thing, but treating it as a musical mystery tour, you know. In so far that it's Ed, when Eddie and me DJ, he's got that deck, I've got this deck, and right. I'll obviously take along that stuff. He'll take along that stuff. We don't talk about 
what we're taking, but intuitively know that it's going to mesh together. But I don't really know where he's going next. And it is a, it is great. It's like a vehicle, and we take it into different directions. Yeah, certainly. And you've got to kind of play something that's going to be keep the keep the crowd sort of going, but oh, yeah. also with your own flavour to it, which is the trick of DJing. Yeah, right? you've got when to you engage. Go back to back. You've got to engage that crowd, and but stuff has now found that like. There's everything from like a clumsy lobster, Ernest Saint Laurent, for example. That stuff is like that's a house tune, you know. But that'll be at the end of a kind of stream of consciousness that brings us to that point. And like, last week, I got a couple of Junior Boys' own tracks that I'm going to be dropping in there, you know, which are, are really soulful lyrics. Yeah. But they've they've got a more of a house, yeah, Italian p- piano house yeah. sort of style to them. And often the last track that we play is uh, Lisa Stansfield, you know, been around the world. Yeah, twelve inch, in its entirety, because mm-hmm. people might have heard that on radio too, and mm-hmm. it might be in you know, but in a club, turned up loud, as a last record that is bringing us right back to the essence of soul music, and that is a phenomenal record, you know, and 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 so so we don't just stick to the the thing. It's almost like a a tapestry of of what we're trying to create. I've always thought tapestry was a great name for a club night. I've always thought it's a really dope name for one. There you go. <laughs> it's certainly a festival. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. But you've got to go to Red Rooster though. I'm, I'm just spinning it right back there because yeah. it's a it's a, a festival that is, um, the the root of the music is all from a blues kind of bass, you could say. It's all curated by a guy called uh, Rupert Orton. He programs the music there. Um, and it's in the most beautiful surroundings. And the but the quality of music that he, he gets there is, is, is excellent. And they've got a guy called Jonathan Tobin doing it this year as well. He does this thing in uh, New York called the Night Train Soul Clap Dance-Off. And it's where they stick numbers on people's backs. And it's a dance oh, competition. Amazing. <laughs> Fucking amazing. And people get tapped on the back. Yeah, yeah, they? And yeah, so yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, amazing. But, you know, and, and they're also... God, gonna... I'd, love, I'd love more of that in, in, in the club scene. You know, bringing it back to dancing. I mean, you do get it in, obviously, the, yeah. the cert, certain genres, but... Oh, it's just fucking amazing. I, and I don't think it's all about you know absolute dexterity. It's about no. you know uh, effort. Is, is yeah, as that's good it. As, uh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not all about being a Wayne Sleep or whoever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Sleep. Oh, Guys, I'm just going to say we've got six minutes left on this oh, track, yeah. um, so we can start another one. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but then shall we move on to number two? Because I've just I don't want this to run out. Well, let's, uh, should we we pause? Yeah, we we'll pause it and switch and then it. We'll, there. we'll move to number two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fascinating. Okay, two seconds. We will be right back with you. Yes, we're back. We're back. And we are back. We're going to go off on a different tangent here for things that uh, that, <laughs> that Dean likes doing. <laughs> so um, from um, hanging out with crazy people on beaches in Ibiza <laughs> and uh, and being surrounded in, uh, in was, was it Libya? No, where did you say it was? No, Serbia. Serbia, Serbia sorry. Yeah. Serbia. Uh, What's your uh, <laughs> your next thing that you like to do, mate? Well, I like to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so there is a, there is a yeah. But I, it is like the Palace of Pain. I love okay. the fact that on your notes it is the gym, the Palace, palace of, of Pain. pain. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. But for me, it's it's okay. So I've always liked I've always liked it uh, going to the gym, mm. and I used to go to this one Estuary Gym in South End, and it was. And probably still is run by a guy called Roy Perrett. Um, it was ni- in 1968, Mr. Universe. And I'll uh, bear in mind, wow. if you look at me, you will wow. think 
He goes to the gym, right? Because I don't look like I go to the gym. I'm not like. There's, there's very, there's many, many reasons why you go to the gym in terms forms of exercise, though, right? You, you're just not like juicing and pumping iron. Exactly, you know? exactly. And so, but I do like to pump iron. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Funny enough. laughs> and I do like a nice juice. <laughs> I did have a neutral bullet for a while. <laughs> I haven't used it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um yeah but, so anyway so i used to go there and do you know what that place is like amazing i mean i got up to about 14 stone when when i was really going for wow. it you know yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff and i i you know i've never been like a, a super muscly person um but if i don't do anything and i get like a pear and i ate mm. that so i just like to keep keep you know on it and so uh but going there was brilliant and the the people that got down there is a real community sort of feeling and some of the characters like there's one bloke who had like 24 eggs a day you know and all that sort of stuff he's really is his name wolf (laughs) (laughs) you won't want to stand too near him because the smell was like (laughs) (laughs) but but it was spit and sawdust and i imagine it's exactly the same because the sign is still up there i was i was there last night next door to it when we were doing this um this this club night and in, there's an archway and there's a brilliant sign outside Estuary Gym and it's got it's a brilliant it? uh, yeah a little sort of like silhouette of Roy Perrett um, so that that was that was brilliant but I just like it because without it I feel I don't know there was, there was a few years where I didn't go and, and I was just like oh man this is only going to go one way and it's going to I just don't feel good I feel more tired and this and that it sounds really boring no it's not yeah, though pe- yeah. people talking about like oh yeah I had a great workout mm. but it's more it's actually deeper than that and and what it gives you is this sort of release of um, you know chemicals in your brain mm-hmm. and you do feel good and you feel more energised and all that sort of stuff and of course I can't go every, every day but I do try and go at least every other day and if I've got a shoot on then I'll just defer that up like, so I'll be there tomorrow, for example, but I won't be there next day. Or I'll go running and things like that. But, you know, but I still like eating cakes and all that. You know, I'm not so, you know. I think, I think, uh, I think looking after yourself is it, so important. I think for your mental welfare, yeah. not just that they, they, they all sort of merge in together. And I think, you know, going to the gym, because people, a lot of people do sport, like they're big yeah. on sport and that's their, that's their workout. But I actually, like the gym or CrossFit, I quite enjoy yeah. that. But do that at home. But it's it is a it is a buzz. It rele- releases endorphins. Yeah. So it does. It keeps your brain sharp, mm. and it keeps you, as you say, you don't suffer from tiredness. Mm. Once you get into it, it is a very addictive and fun thing. And if you've got an environment, because yeah. you're quite a sociable person, so if there is that community there, I, I, I can see you getting drawn to that. Yeah, and the, the the hardest thing is actually getting there. Yeah. And the other thing is. That so so often it's you know if you're if you're in in amongst it all and you're in that routine and then all of a sudden it's the longest period that you haven't been and you realise you know it's like oh sh- actually I haven't been oh, for a couple of weeks now oh no yeah. and you know and if you're not careful then it just drops right yeah, off yeah. but it's it's not to have such a rigorous it's not all about routine because if you have if you're like that if the routine gets broken then you just give it up and you don't yeah. do it but it's to be relative about it but it's when you get to that situation when you train a lot and then if you don't train you miss it and you think oh, I need to train I need to, I didn't train today and it's on your mind that you mm. didn't train today that's that's mm. that, that's the, the the point I like to be at where like it becomes a bit routine like and I think right because for me habitual like that's the only time 
like I've said it before, like mm. I box and like yeah. and when I spar, which I haven't done for quite a while now, it's the only time that I don't think about work, I don't think mm. about anything else other than self preservation. <laughs> yeah. And, and and there's something incredible about that. And it was it was a to to go to a a place which is quite notorious I expected to go in there and get beaten up mm. um, and I didn't go in there and win anything but what I did find when I got in there was some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life yeah. from completely different backgrounds and and most of them are like really good friends of mine now mm. and, and it's it, it, you just meet such incredible people and and I just think if you I mean I've never been fight fit like that that's never going to happen but I said to you I rejoined a, a different gym mm -hmm. like just for not a boxing gym just a, a normal gym last week and you pick up that they don't have a boxing and like yeah and I said there's no bag in there yeah. but um, but to have four days I went four days on the trot and I just said to my missus I said like I just feel fucking great again yeah. just instantly yeah. like you know like I, I mean not, I'm not in good shape at the moment but just Headspace is so much better. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous what you can afford, and and I think what you you actually said, Dean, that it's the bat. This uh, the hardest thing is uh, is getting to it, and as soon as you're at the gym or whatever, it just feels so much better. Yeah. And afterwards, you yeah. might be tired and aching, and you might you might hurt the next day, but it's a it's a rewarding sort yeah. of pain, that isn't it? When you're a bit stiff and sore. Yeah, I mean that's that's your body sort of bringing itself back together, but yeah. but also you know, and we have to say that there's so much. There are so many problems with things like depression and people um, feeling like on their own, mm -hmm. and they, 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 it becomes like a, you know you're going down this sort of plug hole or whatever. And I think by doing exercise, and I know that people have found this with running and stuff, that it can actually really help with depression. Yeah, so they say you know, walk it off. Don't we they? Um, yeah, we had Frank Bruno on the podcast, um, and. Frank went into details of the sort of medication mm -hmm. that when, when he was sectioned and, and, and mm. what what that done to him. Mm. And he's shirked it all, hasn't he? And yeah. he's like, I've gone back to the gym. I mean, mm. if you, you see videos of him sparring now, nah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like yeah. he and, and he's in such, and he said, <clears throat> for me, that's my medication. Yeah. Yeah. I, my focus and I train and, yeah. and, it, and, it's, and it controls, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's changed him, isn't it, completely. And, and brought him out of a pretty bad place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that correlation in, in a lot of what you've done here and your your, your favourite things. Um, I I think like your mind, body and soul sort of stuff, you, you've got quite a good balance in that, Dean, you know. I sound like a hippie though, don't I? No, but I, I think... But <laughs> Sorry I think, about but that, everybody. No, it's not, it's not. It's because it's, it's you engage in what you like. You don't waste your time with um, stuff that you, you're not really into. And, you know... You also keep the, your body fit as well. It's just it's just a, a great way well, to be. It's a good zone to be in. Yeah, well, I think there's, with with your body, unless you look after it yourself or try to, and there's not going to be anyone else. Mate, who's no one else after, can. No, no one else can do that. And, and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking just yesterday about this is this is a bit graphic now, but I was sitting on the mm -hmm. toilet mm -hmm. and I was thinking, <laughs> even with the drains, yeah, if you've got a set of drains mm -hmm. for about. I'm, you know, I'm knocking on a bit now. About 50 <laughs> years. If you've got a 50-year-old drain, yeah, that's 
probably going to have to be cleaned out every now yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the body yeah. is an amazing thing. So yeah. you've got to, it's unbelievable. You've got to think that things are going to start breaking That's off. That's it, the plumbing. The plumbing's <laughs> going to go. Saying, yeah. I'm not saying I got any, you know, mm. it was fine. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was all right, guys. <laughs> you know, Dinerod didn't have to be called, all right. But, but the point is that it is, the body is an amazing thing. And it's, it's inevitable. Things are going to happen, this, that, and ever. But if you can, you know, when you, if you can keep things going, like, I spend like a good old 10 minutes or whatever doing a warm-up and let's just go from top down to mm. the bottom just moving things around and I feel so much better from that. From if that you anyway. look at it right it's firstly being grateful because you get born with it and if you don't use it you're not making the most of something you were given and the other way I look at it is you can't buy a new body at the moment so you're sort of it's priceless your body like the richest person in the world can't buy another body yet mm. so the fact that you've both got two they've got a body and you've got a body you've both got something priceless mm. it's so easy that you get so people get so caught up in all the material things that other person's got that they don't it's like yeah but you've also got something priceless like they have yeah. like your body you can train it it can become muscular it's waterproof it heals itself yeah, yeah. all this shit that you can do and discover and enjoy with your body for, mm. for peanuts basically mm, mm, mm. And people overlook it because yeah. they want money, they want wealth, they want yeah. these material things. It's like, you've got something priceless there yeah, and yeah. if you're just feeding it full of shit all day, yeah. it's gonna, it's not going to function properly. Yeah. And yet if you feed it well and you exercise it, your body's going to reward you. It's going to make you feel mentally alert, yeah, sharper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, better yeah. memory. You're going to be genuinely happier. You're going to feel a bit smug about yourself, which is absolutely, <laughs> is absolutely fine to feel, <laughs> is to feel a bit good. Oh, I look good at the moment. There's so there's so many benefits to and it. You man. get to see stuff. I mean, we, you know, if you go for a run, mm. I mean, Southend's a great example of this. Right. You know, running along the seafront or whatever like that. I mean, I so I went down to Margate uh, last year. And I was thinking, oh, actually, so I'm going to do a bit. Of, I'm going to get up early. Though. I'm going to do a bit of a mm. run afterwards. I tell you what, it was so windy. <laughs> I could I could barely. I ran one way. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Flying run back. I was like against a brick wall. You know what I mean? I was <laughs> yeah. like, I'm no I'm no sort of marathon runner yeah. at all. Don't get me wrong, you know. And and it's totally selfish in a way because I'm like. I'll just go for, if I can't, you know, so going for a run is less time consuming than going to the gym. So sometimes I'll just go for a run instead. Mm. Um, but you know what? I've got Fitbit too. Check that out. So, and that's, Check it. Yeah. that's quite, that's quite, that's quite good because you're looking at your, um, how, how much you're sleeping. Yeah. And it's surprising when you, when it says three hours and of that three hours, you was actually awake for an hour anyway. Bloody yeah. hell. You know, so, and you're like, hmm, Okay. That's uh, that's interesting, and I see at the weekends I sleep for longer and things like that. So, I mean, what does that information give you? I mean, it just enables you to sort of um, see where you're at, really. Yeah, because it's easy to be stuck in it and not really realise your patterns. But at the same time, it's you know, if you're working late, and and as I said before, sometimes I'm I'm sometimes I'm working until three o'clock in the morning. It's not like you can just get up at like one hour later and then go straight to the gym because. You've got to be relative about all this. You've got to, it's not, you know, when you go to the dentist, I know you're, I can guarantee, I bet they've told you, yeah, you've really got to take much more care <laughs> of it. It's like, thing is, I do come to the dentist, because I, I come to the dentist because I want to look after my teeth, yeah. but it's not actually <laughs> the root of my life. Mm. It is part of my life. Yeah, you yeah. know, my life doesn't revolve around the dentist. So, but, you know, so, but you do have to keep things in balance. And so, yeah. like, really, once again, it sounds a bit sort of uh, cosmic, but life is actually just about balance mm. because anything in moderation is probably, you know, you could probably do most things as long as you kind of balance it out and don't go, you know, once it all starts to tip and swing all over the place, yeah. 
then that's when you're going to get big problems, you know. But but I think just kind of balancing it out and just keeping relative about stuff, you know. And so this conversation brings us really nicely onto your number five, um, which you've titled People Energy <laughs> versus Downward Facing Days. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, do you know what I mean? What a hippie. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, I just think I like being with people and yeah. I like, I just, I like it. And it's nice to talk to people. We're, we're having a nice chat. We've never actually physically yeah. met face-to-face, no. -face, but we've had a nice chat. And hopefully all those people out there are still listening in, you know, yeah, turned yeah, off on yeah. it. And I, I like it. I like yeah. being with people. And I, I, I love the internet. And I love all those things that we were talking about. You know, like we're going back to music, for example. Yeah. I like, you know, uh, vinyl. But I do like listening to Spotify. I like listening to radio stations. Everything has its place. But I do like being with people. And I like the ability to be with kind of kindred sort of spirits in that way and um, it's, it's fascinating and yeah collaborate and but also to talk to people and to, to hear people's stories as well you know every day you're learning and and we're all you know everyone's got a story to tell and it's it's, fa it's fascinating meet, meeting yeah. people it's definitely like even this number five links back to health like there's there's studies to say that you know we are quite social creatures so mm. staying in contact with people is actually again a, a really good benefit for your own mental health mm. is to mm. keep to keep um socializing yeah. and stuff like that so not only the 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 benefits of the, the the cultural benefits and the inspiration you get off people but just purely for your just general health and well-being is there's just the proof to say that you need it you need that yeah. contact but, yeah but it, it's it's great and, and even when people you know people are talking online etc etc but there is it's great when then pe people come together in a physical sense and yeah. we are physical beings you yeah know, for that's, sure. um, we, we can have all the, the benefits of technology and etc etc um but actually a physical connection is is really exactly vital. like we said earlier a little bit you know within reason and we we're, at, we're adjusting to that relationship with technology now yeah we don't because we don't we, we don't do need that we do need yeah, to, the yeah. physical interaction you can't just be having yeah. twitter conversations to, no. <laughs> to sustain yourself no, no. And, and it's it's beautiful sort of like meeting different people from different countries and seeing their seeing their lives because so often we're in this we always think we're right, of course, remember. Mm. Like we all think that our perspective on the world is right. Mm. And when you're then put into a, a scenario where you're the outsider, that really, to acknowledge that point, that's destabilizing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like all those things that I thought were totally sure. solid and I knew, like, yeah. when I go, when I come back to Southend or if, I, if I'm in London, I know that place implicitly. I know the... I've got almost like a radar, you know, you know, yeah. this street that I'm going to walk down, I know everything, mm -hmm. even without um, thinking about it, you've got an awareness and a, an affinity with the place. You've got a feeling, I know what's going to be in that shop. I don't have to go in that shop. I know what's going to be mm -hmm. in that shop. I know what's going to be in the shelves. And, you know, if I go into that park, I know what's going to be happening, etc. But if you're then put in a, another person's world, then that is fascinating because you're taken totally out of your own context mm. and put in another environment and that's easy that's to fear that and not embrace it yeah isn't it? definitely because yeah. it, it challenges your view but then you get a world view which tends yeah. to never seen that as a, been a disadvantage in my life yeah. and, and and yet my mates who sort of like grew, you know we grew up in Basildon together we went to the same sort of schools hung out in the same places but at some point I you know would start 
going out to London and then, you know, living in Birmingham, all of a sudden I was getting so many better, greater influences and it did change my, it softened and rounded opinions on so many different things, culturally, politically. And yet my mates who never did that, I kind of like, I feel like they missed out a little bit, but then their, their view is so much, is so rigid. And they're, like you said, she's kind of scared whenever I'm like, Hey, lads, you know you can just come to one of our club nights. It's not a problem. Yeah. We'll get you in for free. You know, it, it is, trust me, yeah. if you're whinging about the clubs in Basildon, come, come up come up, and you're yeah. going to have a, it's going to be, it's going to blow your mind. It'll be just a better world. And I think you get to a point where people get scared of it. They don't, they don't want that. Yeah, it's just not really, yeah, yeah. But it's not for everyone, no. you know, and, Oh, but there's a there's a big world out there, and, and it's just nice to hear people's stories. That's why I think everyone's got a story to tell, and most people are nice. There's 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 a few there's a few not not good people out there that want to mess it all up for everybody, and those <laughs> those that is very depressing when you when you kind of meet negative people. Yeah, like that. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Is yeah, like yeah. yeah, but if you surround yourself with enough people that are the opposite of that, yeah, and, and, and I think personally, if I'm with someone that's kind of draining and, and, mm. and, and just pissing on your chips constantly <laughs> yeah that yeah. kind of drives me to just say right well i'm not going to really do that i'm going to look at what i wanted to do over there and i'm going to throw myself at that yeah. And, yeah. and just focus on yeah. something a little bit yeah. more yeah swarm towards yeah. that positivity mm. but i mean talking about different we, we've not really spoke about all the amazing people you photographed and there is a bloody long list dean <laughs> and that must be amazing as a photographer like you said earlier it's a passport to these other worlds and to these other people's stories and you just get that ultimate opportunity to to achieve number five yeah um, oh my god um you've I, I don't know where to start on who you've taken pictures where of would you really start? well it, it's a it is a long it is a people that you photographed if you were to do a dinner party with say five of them oh here we go Hardcore listing. There you go. Uh, um, well, it'd be the five people that I haven't photographed that I would never be able to photograph. Maybe Steve Marriott. Uh, yeah. Maybe David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gandhi or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's all. So that's three. I've got. Very, you know. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't we won't anyway, bullshit and two others. Five, yeah. You, know, two yeah, yeah. you can only think of three, mate. Uh, <laughs> okay. So. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, no. Um, you know, there's. Well, we're not expecting you to cherry pick, <laughs> you know, your favourite people. No, you wouldn't, no, we wouldn't do no, that. But yeah. have you got, you know, do you want to throw a story in of yeah. one that really sticks in your head if you was to? Well, I would, I would say, you know, going back to photography being essential and vital, like Amy Winehouse as a classic example. Um, it was, you know, brilliant to to meet her and talk to her. Like we're talking now, you yeah. know, she's a great person, you yeah. know, funny and. Not for no no bullshit going on, you know. Just funny and and nice and uh, willing to like have fun, engage in what we were doing, and and you know, bear in mind it's like me, me and my assistant, and Amy and her manager, um, you know. And I think we had a makeup artist. Not quite, can't remember, can't remember it exactly. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but um, but anyway, but that that's how it was, and and so it was just really low key yeah. and nice and we just got on and we and we I, I did a you know a couple of shoots and stuff with her and you know and and it was also when when I think of her and how the voice 
came from her as a you know when you saw her physical size she's a small small it's girl crazy. And, and absolutely brilliant funny that's what i'm saying yeah. I, that's what I keep saying funny i don't mean you know it's just like that's my memory of her just being really uh like engage engaging and, and and lovely like that and and so but at the same time someone someone like um liam gallagher you know he's and now that they're so different um got different personalities uh, I, I shot oasis together and then i've shot them in their own trajectories as well yeah. and of course they've got radically different personalities but both incredible um they're both sharp as a knife with wit aren't they yeah really different though you know and um what can you say i mean but 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 both incredibly powerful characters. Um, can you do, you do you ever feel that sort of like a force of presence with, with, with yeah. you know through anticipation of obviously knowing all about these people yeah. and when they walk into a room? Yeah, is it, you know, is it? Do you feel it that there is like oh wow, yeah, someone's just yeah. in the room? Yeah, like someone like Ian Brown walks in. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, you know. <laughs> and, but what a, what a bloke, you know? I mean, it's like that. God, blimey. Um, yes. Uh, the the answer is yes and and so but i i do do say per, perhaps people that i haven't uh, heard of before because sometimes i'm i'm photographing people that are on their way up and yeah. i haven't heard of them before um and i will do some you know research and and stuff like that but then there's other people where i totally know who they are like paul weller for example mm, cool. and and in that situation it's like wow i mean he, he, you know what he's created and through my life, the effect that he's had on that is massive. Yeah. And, you know, I I saw him at the Cliffs Pavilion, got all my ribs bruised. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, and now you're going to, you know, work with him. Yeah. You're looking at him right through something. your camera. You're yeah. like a couple of feet away. Uh, yeah, and you're, and you're engaging in it and, and different things. So, but you have to be professional about that. Mm. And you have to, you almost change, the, the, the gears shift around and you... you 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 know you're you you are professional in that in that way. And Is that how you manage pressure with it as well? Yeah, Is the I mean, pressure I, I, greater with the people that you sort of like. Oh shit! I I do kind of Steve Marriott would be my ultimate right. kind of hero, and I did meet him. Really? And yeah, and I, I never photographed him, but I did meet him with some friends from some friends of mine. There's a picture actually, it's on my phone, uh, wherever it is. Um, I found it today and uh, showed someone. But so I would always probably. That's the perspective. So, you know, so I've I've been in a very cold hotel bath with about two inches of water. It's snowing outside. Thinking, I've got to photograph these people, whoever it is. You know, uh, I've got to photograph these people in a minute. Oh my God, what's going to happen? But it's not Steve Marriott. So that's you know that that would be brilliant for me. That's interesting. What the, interesting approach is, is, yeah. is the is the is the person. I mean, you know, he's. He he was he was brilliant, and and I have to say when when I when me and my mates met him, he was very uh, nice to us, and so we sat down with him for about an hour and had beers with him, and wow, and he was sort of telling stories, and then he he played, and he was great, you know, and this was when he came back, he was doing the, the packet of three, um, thing after he left humble pie, and it was um, amazing, you know, we, when we heard that he was going to be playing at the Dickens pub in Southend. Fucking hell, really? Upstairs. 
and so we were down there because he was like our all-time hero really as you know from a mod perspective and um we heard that he was going to be there so we got there really early came through the door and there he is he's the only person there Fucking hell. and we just went over and said all right steve and he's like all right lads come and join us yeah if you want a beer and so uh and then we chatted to him for ages and, and you know some people took some pictures and yeah so so it remains you know incredible but um but the answer is i mean i photographed a lot of people like paul mccartney um I photographed them a couple of times, and just, but I I boil it down to they're creative people, like Daft Punk, for example, the creative, really creative. You people. snapped those guys, did you? Did yeah, you? I've shot them a couple of times no before anyone ever saw those those new helmets. Yeah, for example, that was one of the times, and consequently, I've shot them. Uh, you know, the get lucky sort of period. Mm -hmm. I did some. Some stuff. I'd like to tell you more about that, but I had to uh, sign an NDA, so I can't. I'd have <laughs> to kill you both, yeah, and yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. listeners. Yeah. Uh, so you know, but uh, yeah. So I think Noel Rogers had to sign it as well. So <laughs> that's the thing. But anyway, um, but yeah, all, all all manner of you know, there's there's a there's a long list of uh, people. You have to have to check it out. Yeah, check out so, DeanChalkley.com. Yeah. There's some. Uh, there are some unreal uh, unreal shots in there. I like the one of Reese Iffens. There's some, some great fans, great, yeah. great stuff for that. Yeah. So and, yeah. before we we sort of start to close it down. There's, 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 want to sort of talk about some of the things that you got coming up, Dean, mm. and, and some of the things that you, you know, you enjoy. I know to mention your website now. I know you. you know, that's well, that's all going to change as well. Actually, I, I, what I'm doing is, uh, so a lot of people do do think, you know, quite rightly in a way that, you know, what I do is music, because I've done a lot of. I photographed a lot of people in music. Uh, actually, talking about that, let's just rewind the clock a bit. Do you remember a band called Garp? Yes. And so uh, that guy, he was one of the first people, when I was taking up photography, I worked... The singer? Yeah, Steve, mm -hmm. his name was. And um, I photographed Garp quite I, a I, lot. I, I boxed with his girlfriend's dad. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, there you go. Well, I've been to car boot sales on his farm. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. He's got, he's got the, he does the, the, the guns and... I yeah. don't know. Yeah, does yeah, she, yeah. That, she does that. She, uh, it, it, well, he, he's he a, does. Yeah. He's, oh, so he does shooting down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because because Steve used to, yeah Steve used to go with his. Are they married now? Or what? I don't. Oh, know. I'm not too sure. I'm I not too know. sure. I, I always knew Jay really well from ah, Garth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who was the, he the 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 swivelly head in the placebo Nancy boy video? Ah. Yeah. Well, I used to do the projections for him because oh, when really? I was when I was starting off photography, mm. I would go to car boot sales and buy projectors. And then, as they were playing, I got my mate Russell to be on the other side, and we would just be changing the projection. You know, I'd photograph stuff in advance, and we'd just get a couple of no. pictures up and back project them. So you you, you would not remember Garp because no. that was way before your time. But yeah. Garp were, uh, I guess you say a local band, yeah. and uh, but they were they were I would say a Grebo band. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you've they, mentioned yeah, the word you Garp. Could tag them into to, to to that scene, and uh, but they were one of the the ones that were you know. One of the better bands yeah. on the on the on the local yeah. scene for for yeah. you know at that time they were they were your go to decent support band for all the the half decent stuff we had down here. Yeah, they were fusing sort of dance music with guitars. Yeah, they, definitely. Really? Yeah, and yeah. and there was a Nitzareb or Nitzareb connection as well because I think uh, he did some design for them. Oh really? Yeah, on the um the the white album with the little box on it. I can't remember what it's called now. Anyway, before Ebhead, that album. Right. Uh, anyway, um, oh shit, where were we? <laughs> I can't remember now. <laughs> you well, you, we you mentioned Garp and Stu was Your just website. saying about oh, yeah, the, yes. the website. So yeah. it's, it's going to change a little bit because 
people do sort of perceive us primarily for the music, but really it's it's culture what I'm interested in. And music being a, a of course vital part yeah, of, of course. culture. But it takes in so much more than that. So I'm gonna kind of structure it in a slightly different way. There's gonna be a lot of the same sort of content and new stuff that no one's ever seen before. But and I'm working on uh it's been, you know, like any development in that sort of way you're like, it's a painful operation man it really is but because it starts off going oh we'll just do a website another website but then really what it boils down to is what we're we trying to say mm. and that is the hardest thing like with photography in general and writing everything it's not really i'm just going to bosh something out it's like but what do we want to say through this you know and and so the way it's being structured is going to change quite a bit so there'll be a, a bit more of a different flow to it and so people will look at it and they'll get something slightly different out of it and they'll see more of a, a rounded representation of what I do nice. in a sort of cultural sense I think and when I say culture I mean banger racing I mean you know Return of the Rude Boy I'll say Boot Boys you know I see fashion I see music and you know different different things like that all given a level sort of billing rather than it maybe being because people, yeah. when people come on my site, they they do remain there for quite a long time. Yeah, you know it seems so, um, and they sort of just like explore it. But when are you looking to do that, mate? Well, man, hopefully any time. <laughs> it's it's been in you know yeah, so it should be hopefully by the end of the month. Oh sweet, okay, yeah. amazing. So it'll be it'll be out, folks. Uh, still deanchalkley.com. Just deanchalkley.com. Oh wow! So by the time people listen to this, yeah. that that'll be what they yeah. see. Yeah, and also there's going to be a whole another side of it, which is like where people can actually buy prints. There you oh, go. Nice. Special it's collection uh, called cool. yeah the icon collection, which is going to feature like twelve, um, a s s kind of. So I I have sold prints before, but what I've done is sort of um, reduced it down to presenting this particular collection, and then consequently there'll be new collections added into that. It's a bit complicated to explain, but uh, in the first instance there'll be like you can buy ones online which are edition, limited edition prints, you know, which, as I say, th I have done edition prints in the past, but there'll be some brand new ones available nice. there, um, which have never been available before as well. Exciting. Swade. <coughs> oh, yeah. Well, so I photographed Bernard and Brett when they did their tears, tears yeah. thing. And that was, a, a, was it about 10 years ago? Probably, Probably a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but... They approached us to do uh, some stuff, and it was an absolute pleasure. I got to say, I mean, that band. I mean, initially when I spoke to Brett about it, he's um, so lovely and into it. I mean, I saw Suede at the Tower Ballroom uh, back in. Um, it would have been like '96 or something like that, I suppose. And to see them in that environment, you know, the Tower Ballroom in Blackpool with it's all guilt and everything like that with their swirling vocals and yeah. Bernard's guitar and all that sort of stuff that, whew, I've, blimey my, unbelievable my, my, I saw Suede very 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 early on at Town and Country um, and my mate is no photographer but he used to take a camera to every gig mm. just a just a little camera we was at the front and it was at the time when Suede first come through and he was like white shirts undone beads very mm. Bowie Morrissey mm -hmm. kind of hybrid mm -hmm. and and the sort of the long yeah. the longish hair and and you know lots of mic slapping on his ass and stuff like that and and 
I'll talk about, I think, the impact that that had on music, you know, with you uh, shortly. But he come to the front of the stage, and, and my friend just got this photo, and it, by, by pure luck, he just kind of went to sort of punch the camera. Oh. Sort of stole, not to yeah. actually do it, but was just in the midst of him flailing around. And it looks like he's trying to punch the camera, and he's just got his fist... And then just this mop of hair and this white, sort of and it's fucking amazing, this wow. photograph. And it just was like, wow, how did that, how did you manage that photo? Yeah, yeah. And, and, but I remember at that point in music, which grunge was happening. Yeah. And, and, and there was lots of stuff like the, the Grebo thing. And for me, you know, I'm not a big, I forgot the word Britpop. But when Suede come out, it was like, I just thought it was just something completely different, mm. you know, mm. as much mm. as there was leanings to, you know, Bowie and, and Mozza and stuff. But I just thought, like, yeah. it was, his voice was phenomenal. It, it looked interesting. Yeah. Bernard was great to watch on the guitar. And mm. he said the right things, Brett, as well. Yeah. Like, and it, it was smart with the press and... I don't, what, what, what was your sort of, you know, your... Well, what I loved about it was also it had a sort of swirling notion, yeah. uh, n notion to it, didn't it? And as you say, it was really sexual, wasn't it, as well? And seedy. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what I mean. When, when I saw him at the Tower Ballroom, it, it was epic. You know, it really was. I just thought you couldn't imagine in a better setting than that, really. Um, but... Yeah, and you know, I think this next album that it's released in September, and funny full circle in into this because the horrors are going to support them. I see that. Oh, I see that. at the Alley Pally, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's that which is going to be a brilliant um, gig. I mean, I know I saw an Instagram post with Reese going, you know, finally, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and but I think this is going to be a big album for Suede. It's not that they've you know, obviously lineups have changed and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, Bernard's not with the band, hasn't been for ages, you know. No, no, no. But they've got um you know great lineup. Um but you know, yeah, it's called the Blue Hour, which mm -hmm. is the 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 and I think this is gonna be really for them an important the, the, tr the lead track off the last album, Outsiders, I thought was one of the best things they've done in years. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I think, is this the third album in a kind of, a sort of tr it's the trilogy sort of thing, isn't it? It's the, the third part of the story or something. Oh, really? I, think, I don't I, know. I don't know. As far as I, as far as, yeah, I think so. So, um, but I'm really looking forward to, I mean, there's going to be a lot of anticipation for it, I think. And, uh, but they all deliver it because, yeah, it's, uh, they're a great band. Phenomenal band. Yeah. Absolutely and so it was a, a I mean, it was great, really, really was great working with them. And um, you know who's a, um, do you remember Dids? From, uh, Dirt, it, well, he was in Dirty Pretty Things, wasn't he? But Cooper's Temple Cooper Temple yeah. yeah. So he works with the band in a, a sort of, um, from a managerial perspective now. Really? And so it was great working with him as well. I'm just giving a little shout out because he's a, a great, you know, he he's, when you get people like that, that, yeah. that really are on the band's side. He come to DJ for me at the Queen of Hoxton and that was, the drunkest DJ set I've ever heard. <laughs> he was, he, 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 yeah, he, he was, he was incredible. <laughs> he was a right good crack, but, uh, oh God, yeah, he, uh, he, he was quite hammered. And Justin from Elastica, oh yeah, yeah, he's there 
drum tech roadie and standing drummer. Of I think course, the drummer yeah. had some issues, didn't he, mm. on, on the last tour? Something happened and, and just mm -hmm. drummed oh, for... Just uh, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah, lovely man, isn't he? He's Just a dude. Yeah, it was right. a great, great chat with Justin. Yeah, there's there's a there's a couple of um, just I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, there's uh, for for the listeners to listen out for is another band called Ida May, and so they used to be in a band called Kill It Kid. Yep. Um, so it's Chris and Stephanie Jean, who used to be in that, and they've gone off on their own to do this project themselves. It's really good and they they live in Nashville now they've just moved out there and they've been um, recording it with Ethan Johns the the album you know so that who did Kings of mm -hmm. Leon and like loads of, loads of stuff um, and so you will be hearing more about them as it all comes out but um, they've got a track called Feel I'm Getting Closer which I mean have a listen to it it's I mean he's next level guitar player like really slide guitar nice um plays it in such a such a way but they're married and they've got a real unique dynamic on stage um they're ones to watch out for so do you do you still sort of bringing it back to to home now before we sort of start mm. to to finish do you still sort of follow that the you know what, what's happening sort of in south end and and you know yeah, musically and well i'm always keeping my ears open i mean i love going to the railway mm -hmm. for example and it, it just what? seems to have picked up. Like the railway, the last five years, it's got it's just yeah. rammed in there yeah. again, isn't it? It's well, mad. Well, it's really bohemian. It's, yeah, it's, it is. When you think about you know Fee and Dave, yeah, uh, they've got their own band, Tuffany Bunters, haven't they? But they they run this pub. For those who don't know, yeah. it, it's a pub, pub called the Railway. There's actually two railway pubs though in Southend, isn't there? There's one near the football ground. Yep. Right. But it's not it's that not one. the one. It's not <laughs> the one that everyone goes to. Really. <laughs> it's the, it's the one in near Nelson Road. Yep. Um, and Not a million miles away from Saks and stuff That's like that, right. is it? Yeah, yeah, South End um, Central Station. Mm. Yeah. yeah isn't it? And so it's got, uh, upstairs it's got a bit of a sort of a ballroom type yep. arrangement up mm -hmm. there. Ground floor, bar, and then it has a recording studio. If people want to see it, the video for Gold Teeth by Scroobius Pip, we filmed that filmed up the that. top there. Yeah, sure did. There you go. Well, and it's run by um, Fee and Dave, who are just brilliant and... They, the whole environment there is they, they just want to put on good stuff for people. Mm -hmm. Dave's band, oh, yeah. literally speaking of the White Stripes earlier, yeah, they did. literally somehow got hold of a demo, didn't he? And, and Dave got a phone call from Jack White just saying, yeah. don't fancy opening for us at Brixton. What? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Ali Pally. Yep. Yeah. So I, I saw him there. What band was Dave in then? What was his well, name? It was Dave Dulake and the... Can't remember the next bit. No, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Oh, Sorry, God. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I saw I saw that that gig and because some of the horrors come back to the railway every Boxing Day. That's right, and we've yeah. sometimes with Tim Burgess. And That's right, yeah, they, yeah. They, DJ, they yeah. do a, a Soul Club. Yep, yeah, yeah. Do you, you go to that? I've DJed at it yeah. before in the past, and you know, okay. I mean, sometimes I'm up in London, but you know, I, as much as possible. I was down the last, mm. the last one. Because with that South End scene, when we spoke about John Club earlier, mm. and and it wasn't just the horrors that were. No, these new, there, these new Puritans. These new Puritans. Ipso Facto. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rose's Band. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Wretched Replica. I don't remember them. Yeah. What was the, oh, what was the other ones that weren't from South End that were... Xerox Teens? Xerox, no, it wasn't them. Uh, it was... Um, yeah. But th they were good. Uh, no Bra? No. Oh, God, what were they called? Big Hair, but then I guess they all kind of had big hair. Oh, uh, Violets? No. No. 
Um, oh God! It, it well, yeah, it's gone. But um, but yeah, I mean, these new Puritans, like, what, yeah, what a band? Fucking incredible yeah. band. I mean, like, they've now obviously where they do their gigs now are things like the Barbican or yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the, or the Pompidou Centre yeah. and things like that. So they are ex- exceptional. Yeah, they've really carved out their own. Um, singing almost like incorporating classical music and gigantic gongs and exploding melons. drums <laughs> of, you know, yeah. big, these big sort of Kodo uh, drummer sort of yeah. things and stuff is um, it still the, the, the same lineup? is Tom still in the band Tom He's, I think yeah because um, Rosie was in the band for a bit as well wasn't she yeah I think so Sophie Sophie wasn't she um, yeah did, did, did Rosie was Rosie playing keys or something for him as well I might be well, wrong, that, might be that, wrong. I think that was Sophie who was um, their cousin well, she was in there from the yeah, beginning, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah, and then she left. So maybe Rosie stepped oh, right, in. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I can't exactly. remember. I've not seen. Yeah. I've not seen them for quite a few years. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're a band that will put something out a bit like the AES in a way yeah. that they don't necessarily need to put anything out every year. Yeah, they'll just do it whenever it feels right, and they'll come up with something profound. Um, I mean, I think the Fields of Reeds album was really great. And it, once again, it wasn't following a pattern. Mm. It, was, it was quite different to um, their first album, for example. You know, was I think I think Jack wrote that when he was really young, you know, actually, yeah. when he was probably about 15. A lot of that really? stuff. Really? Bloody hell. I think so. I, 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 if I remember that's right, fucking incredible. Mm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, you know, that's where it started off, you know, the germ of it, I think. And But what a great band, really. Mm. And... Um, there's so many great bands that have come from the, the this area. I was thinking back to this, um, and why is that? You know, and why? Why when, is when, when we spoke to Sam Getcape, he, he he was sort of saying, you know, it's, it's that thing of S3 bands, isn't there? It's like I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. I think we're just we're bloody lucky to have that. Mm. It's easy to overlook that. People say, well, Essex. It's like, yeah, actually. Fucking loads of like the mm. De- Depeche Mode still selling out gigs in America. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Stadiums, stadiums, yeah, not <laughs> gigs like bigger stadiums and you know um, Taylor Swift and the like. So yeah. that's not bad for yeah. some Basildon boys. Yeah. Well, it's always been an undercurrent, uh, you know. So you always you've got your uh, popular culture, yeah. yeah, like your tots, not that it exists anymore, but yeah. those sort of ritzy nightclubs yeah. and and the big gigs that are happening. But then you've always got this undercurrent, a swell, yeah. haven't you? And that's sure. what ins- that that's what um, they're doing. Great things on Cool Thing cool Records, thing, yeah. so really good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, asylums well, yeah. and that. Of course, yeah. Asylums. Yeah. We did even yeah. mention Asylums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracking. Mike saw yeah. him at the yeah. railway yeah. recently. Course, Mike. Mike was one of the first people we had on the podcast. Yeah, Mike. Mike's uh, Luke worked behind that bar. We're looking at right now for long enough. <laughs> and 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 Mike obviously was was in. Obviously, Angerica mm. and then Baddies, Baddies and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and now Bait and Asylums and yeah, yeah, it's just great and and it's just I don't know, I just like that that kind of thing that hasn't really sort of extended itself to Greys and that. But Southend does have that kind of it does chuck out a little scene mm. every once in a while and it's it's, it's exciting. Mm. It's it's very welcoming of stuff like that, like the the pub, the Blue Boar, mm. when. It would have been in the um, like early '90s, really. They had some really great bands there, you know, like uh, New Fast Automatic, Dabadils. Big, great, great band, great band. New Fast were incredible. Still listen to that album and think yeah. it's still still relevant uh, yeah. as an album. And the, you know, you'd get lots of bands on that scene. In fact, that pub 
there, there was a club called the Taste Experience that used to take place there, a psychedelic yeah. night uh, run by the Dream Maker, Amazing. Steve Pegram, who, who's got something to do with South End uh, punk rock. Um, there's, there's sort of a South End punk rock kind of, I think he's getting an archive together or something. Oh, really? Quite sure. Yeah, check it out. It's, I don't know. But anyway, he, he was uh, instrumental in getting that all together. And there was this, okay, you're going to have, this is a bit of homework. See if you can find this online okay. somewhere. It is out there. There was this uh, photo story of um, Steve Pegram, the dream maker, Lenny Mello and Dwayne Groover and me in Patches magazine. Do you remember? <laughs> it, was, it was like a, a bit of a teen pop. And, and they, it was all about the club. And we were there and it's got like, you know, Dean. And you can still find that online, can It's you? somewhere, man, oh, out man. there. It's somewhere That's there. fantastic. <laughs> wants to be a tailor, right, yeah. yeah. He wants to be a tailor. Listens to the action. Yeah, I'm just doing the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 Still got the action record. Because <laughs> there was a, like, a, a kind of second wave of like, sort of that straight-edge hardcore scene as well in South End, like in the kind of early 90s. It was bands like Understand and I can't I think... That was one of the first photographic commissions I had. Really? To photograph Understand for Sonic Inducer. Right. which is a fanzine by um, Sean Moriarty. Right. Who was the editor. Yep. And it was, I was like, oh, you know, somehow, I knew his brother. Um, oh, hold on. Sean, no, Sean was, Sean's the, oh God, I'm getting all confused now. Um, but anyway, so I might have got that wrong. That might be, uh, Sean might be the person who's his brother. And rather annoyingly, I can't remember his, other brother's name. Anyway, Sonic is just, and he's like, oh, do you want to go and photograph um, this band Understand? And so, and also Tracy, who's my girlfriend's sister, used to work in HMV and used to know Dom and all that lot. Tracy. Ashed. Who is with? Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Used to knock about with Lang. Yes. Well, yeah, she's not with him anymore. Right. Um, okay. But Yes. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. So that whole Matt, his name was. Yes, that's right. It's all, all my brain's getting confused now. But yeah, so um, yeah, she used to work in HMV. Yeah, yeah, and used to come down here all the time. Yeah, Mondays at Summerlands. That's it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so photograph yeah. it, understand. Yeah. So she's with Tony now, by the mm. way. So um, just to set the record straight, uh, everybody, <laughs> Tracy, Tony. Um, but yeah, so so like, oh, do you want to go and photograph? Um, under, he was like, do you want to go and photograph Understand? And it was down at the Esplanade. And I think um, at the time, uh, you know, one of the players used to uh, put a um, basketball on his head and set fire to it. Okay. And so I've got some pictures of that. Fantastic. And also Echo Belly and things like that. Echo yeah. Belly, All yeah. those bands would play down oh, there. Right. Um, so, did you see Primal Scream at the Esplanade? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. it comes straight off the bus, straight onto the yeah. stage. And worst sounding gig I've ever been to. There you go. And I, I, I remember um, it was, because they bought their own sand crew. I spoke to Glyn about this, who's the sound man there, and he said they wouldn't use our stuff. They bought their own sound crew, and they said that... Because I remember thinking it was the first ever gig with Manny. Oh, really? And it was a warm-up for Glastonbury the following night. Oh. And uh, and it was fucking dreadful. It was at the time when I think maybe they just dropped swastika eyes and stuff like right, that. yeah. And I remember thinking, like, this is going to sound huge. And it was just a, an awful noise. And about... Three weeks later, I'd been moaning about this gig because I love Primal Screamer. Yeah. I was just moaning. It was fucking sound as shit. And I was in Camden Music Exchange, just flicking through some records. And I looked to my right, and Bobby Gillespie was flicking through some records. 
And I was like, fucking hell, it's probably Gillespie. And I was like, all right. And he went, you all right? And I went, yeah, I said, I saw you the other night in South End. He went, oh, I weren't a good gig, man. And I couldn't bring myself to go, yeah. No. <laughs> and I was like, no, it was really good. Oh. I, just thought, oh, I just couldn't do it. And But we, we, I don't know why, but the, the guy I was with had a camera. And... Uh, and he was really lucid and, 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 and great, Bobby Gillespie. He was really, he was having a smashing chat. And I said, look, can I be a fanboy and, and have a photo with you, please? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh, brilliant. And so I've got this photo where I've got my arm around Bobby Gillespie. And the minute my mate pointed the camera at him, he went, <laughs> oh, like he was oh, super oh, strung out. Too wasted. And, like, and the photo's amazing because it's Bobby Gillespie looking really <laughs> wrecked. And me just looking to my right, really confused, just yeah. like, oh what's God, happened? what's just happened to his face? <laughs> <laughs> He's had a stroke. <laughs> oh dear. Well, but lads, we were at the three hour mark. That's that's wow. that's that's nearly a record, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's got to be. That has got to be. Like some of our drunk casts have gone hit the three hour mark. Yes. Actually, Justin Welsh from Elastica, that was three hours. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was that so, was three hours. Yeah, but it's been an absolute pleasure, Dean. Well, mate, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening, everybody, if you're still out there. Yeah, no, oh, no, mate, no. it's been an absolute pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Yeah, and let's, uh, uh, we're gonna, we'll tag you into things, uh, like when we put it out. Um, and obviously, hopefully, people get the joys of seeing your new website. Um, and, yeah, let's hear your top five favourite things, things you couldn't do without. Tweet in. Absolutely. Um, I'd say keep it clean, but I'm sure we... We won't be able to stop the, the tirade of weird <laughs> shit that people might send to us. Um, but, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure, Dean. And what a career so far, mate, you've had. Is, well, thank you very dude, much. Dude, it's amazing. Everybody. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, good luck to you. Cheers, mate. See ya. Oh, hey. Welcome back, team. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, Dean was excellent. Really great top five. I liked the bit when he talked about stuff. Um, I can only apologise for Stu and Chris as well, just snivelling and drivelling on as per normal. Um, let me give a shout to the Distraction Pieces Network people, uh, Pip, Susie, Jim, Jason, Stu again, because he's got another one, and obviously Brett, who's just uh, started his Films To Be Buried With podcast. I hope you've listened to that and you're enjoying that. I haven't, but I assume it's decent. Um, if you get an opportunity, uh, Dean also returned to shoot in fun and edgy advertising work, such as the Keep Britain Tidy campaign. Um, how exciting. Anyway, I quite like it in Dean's front garden, so I'm going to stay here until I'm discovered. Thank you. Bye. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.